Hola, listeners. Welcome to the Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Heather. And I'm Whitney. <laughs> you are so calm and professional. <laughs> Out of 20 possibilities, we rolled for a popular novel that I have been very patiently waiting for um, so that I could fangirl. It is Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein. Woo! We also rolled for drinks. Whitney is having a Modelo Especial. I am not. I cheated. I don't. I didn't have time to go to the grocery store. That's okay. Uh, I have Scorpion Bowl IPA by Stone Brewer. Oh, yum. Mm. Uh, and I'm having a white wine. So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. What kind of white wine is it? Uh, it's Asti Spumante. Nice. Sparkly bubbles. So, Ready Player Two. Yeah. Did you like it? We're just diving right in. We're diving right That's in. That's just kind of our MO. We get the feel-good stuff, like, peppered throughout yeah. our show. Yeah. Some other shows will talk all the fun stuff up front and then dive into the meat of it. Mm-hmm. But we're just, like, all the meat and potatoes and dessert all at the same all time. Of, I mean, sometimes you start with dessert. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved it and I hated it at the same time. Is that possible? It is possible. I How feel very feel? similarly. Yeah. I feel like it was a, a solid follow up, but it had some sophomore slump moments for me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just slump. It was ick. Um, I, it, there were really icky moments for me. There were a lot of times where I was cringing at Wade. I think we're supposed to. I think we're supposed to recognize that some of the things that he does in this is Are not you sure? Okay. There's not a redemption at the end. That's true. And she has to apologize. Good point. Good point. I just don't know. It's, um, there was a whole lot of ick, but let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with dessert. Yeah. Will Wheaton. Yes. Read the audiobook. (laughs) For starters, that's my cherry on top. (laughs) I want you to know this is the first audiobook I've ever listened to. Not... For a school assignment. Because, like, I got through college taking six English classes at once doing a whole lot of audiobooks. Right. One semester I had to get through 120 books. And there was no way I could live my life and read 120 books. Sure, no. I mean, months. you can, like, multitask. Yeah, yeah. You're so good would, at multitasking. I would do audiobooks while I drove to and from campus, while I cooked dinner, while I took a shower. Like, my whole life played an audiobook um, when I wasn't reading a different actual book. Um but yeah, so this was the first time I ever listened to an audiobook for pleasure. And so the fact that it was Will Wheaton is just like extra special. I know. Because um, he is such a great narrator. He is. To the point to where I've looked on Audible on all of the things that he narrates. And I have all of them now. Even stuff that I wasn't really, like, I'm not really that sold on. Some of it's deep science fiction. Ooh. and But it's so good because he's Will reading Wheaton's it. reading it to me. I'll get through it. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. There's certain books I, I can share. I, I don't know if you can share an Audible or not. You can Amazon, so mm-hmm. I'll look. But yeah, no, he he totally nailed it. Like, just a perfect voice actor. Well, and his his character voices. My complaint with a lot of, of um, audiobook readers. Now, mind you, most of the audiobooks that I was listening to was like, John Steinbeck and Mark Twain. Shakespeare. Classical audiobook. literature. Yeah, and... super classical, super 
dry. dry. Yeah. And the readers for those, I mean, there have been some excellent readers for these books, but like they read the whole thing to you in the same way for all of the characters. Man, Will Wheaton gives every single character a different voice, um, a different tone, a different accent. And I loved that. You really need to listen to the British author of the Wizarding World stuff. Oh. <laughs> Those audiobooks, because the British actor that does all the voices, he does all kinds of crazy things. I'm not that sold on some of like Hermione's, mm -mm, but um, Umbridge, <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it's so perfect i've got chills like umbridge is just one of those mm -hmm. characters that you know um i'm kind of there are moments where wade made me cringe the same way that umbridge did. yes uh when he was cyber stalking mm -hmm. when he would go and assume the robes of anarch um this is all kinds of spoilers y'all um, when Anarch, he'd take Anarch's robe and he'd go and snipe people, mm -hmm. several's avatars, and take all their crap. Yep. Like, what the heck? Power went to his head in the worst way. Oh, it did. It went to his other head. Yes. I mean, it, that, I mean, mm-mm. And you could tell that there were a lot of moments where Ernest Klein was trying to add in inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Like, he was trying to be more inclusive in other, uh, a more diverse cast. But he just did it in the cringiest way possible. Like, he did it like... Like how Wade is, this angry, hurt, mm -hmm. Caucasian male who is just going at it and doing whatever he wants because, oh, my heart's broken. Well, you broke the heart. Like, you, your actions caused this scenario. Well, and the irony is the entire quest that he's on is to, like, re-give voice to a different woman. Um, While taking the voices of the women around him. Yes. And that, I just... Thank you for saying that in that way, because that was exactly the feeling. And I couldn't mm -hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't word it right. But you're the linguist. Perfect. You absolutely said that perfectly. Yeah, there were moments where. So, yeah, I mean, the Lohengrin. Am I saying that right? Lo Lohengrin, yes. Um, she transgender, mm -hmm. female um, identifying, who was amazing and. Ernest Klein wrote her like as subservient. Yeah. Like she was my liege and my lord or whatever she called him. I don't remember what she called him. You remember when she like, yeah. took, well, she's like, because, I found the quest. And then. Well, and because his character was named after one knight, Percival, and she named her character after a different knight. Right. And so like part of it was sort of like a cute, quirky role play thing, but like it just went too far. Yeah. I mean, it went too far in the aspect, like it, it would have been cool if Wade had been an, an, an actual ally um, instead of kind of, I know that everyone's got to learn. And so essentially I feel like Ernest Klein was taking Wade through this mm -hmm. journey of learning, but since he may or may not have gone through this journey, the appropriate way, like through another perspective, mm -hmm. I don't know that he can write a character that can do that as well. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Because it's, it's clear that he's trying, but he keeps giving himself a pat on the back. Wade keeps patting himself on the back for being open when uh, you went about it in a really gross way. And yeah. then you're not, you're, I mean, you're not giving, the, well, like you're taking the voice and speaking for this person. You're taking the voice and speaking for these females. Well, and I think it's also important to note in Wade's journey of learning, because I don't really know that he learned much. Um... He, um, he's constantly saying, oh, I did this right. 
good job me. That's like, not me. This one time, this one time I did this right. Um, forget all of the other things I've done. This one. And I, it reminds me of people who use the claim of, oh, I can't be homophobic because I have I, one gay cousin. You have the token. The token I have one black friend, mm-hmm. so I'm not racist. And the way that Wade is using his tokenism experiences for the people in his life to justify his actions is just gross. Yeah, it's super cringy. There's so many cringe moments where I was like, ooh. But when you take the cringe moments out, the rest of it is really good. I still have one other complaint. Oh, please do. I mean, I've got more complaints than that. But I just mean, you know, I mean, because like, we need to talk about some of the good stuff too, but let's. What My one other complaint is that the Prince section is too long. Now, if we haven't alienated anyone yet, (laughs) you may have just just like knocked that one out of the park for us. (laughs) No, I do agree, though, because I I like Prince and I think he was a phenomenal bard. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he is the utmost bard of all time. Yes. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Him and Bowie. David Bowie and Prince are true bards Mm -hmm. in the sense that everything was very theatrical. They played all the different characters that they envisioned and more. They were music uh, players. They Mm -hmm. were storytellers. They hit every single D&D button. Like, they maxed out their characters. Beautiful. But then there were, like, so many of them, seven Mm -hmm. or eight of them, that you had to fight. Uh, I think it was... And then you also, like you said, it just kept going. It just kept going. One of my favorite things about the Ready Player series is like the first book hits on so many 80s tropes. And yeah. And honestly, like my complaint about the first one was that it it felt forced. How many 80s tropes can I fit in this book? Yeah. Um, and so he didn't remember you he did dial it down a little bit. Um, for this book, but then he went like all in on Prince and not as all in on any of the others. Well, um, the Pretty in Pink, what, what John Hughes? Yes. Is it John Hughes? Yes. Um, so that whole island, I feel like he deep dived or deep dove for into For like that. a chapter or two, but then like Prince is like... 10 chapters of he's Prince. not 10 chapters so i feel much. like you're exaggerating just i a might skosh. be but like it's so <laughs> long well i think what it is is because it he even kind of did the book in a DD fashion yeah. so the journey to places was short-lived but each one of the combat scenes was so lengthy yes like you you know each it was very turn-based, RPG turn-based. Mm-hmm. Like one person got to do so many actions and the next person got to do so many actions. And so like you're sitting at a table with 10 people when you're with the Prince yeah. party. <laughs> well, And, it and was... you as a, the ever-present the DM is like, okay, guys, come on, let's go. Let's get this <laughs> Can battle. Can we group some of these initiatives, please? <laughs> um, somebody AOE I this whole thing. I would have done like groups of three yeah. princes. I would have. <laughs> well, and it just, it wasn't just the fight scenes for the prince section. It was the, okay, we're gonna, we gotta go to his house. Okay, his house is the wrong place. Let's go to this museum. Let's get this car. Let's find this instrument. Let's gather all the pieces. And I feel like all of it 
honestly could have been an adventure book by itself. Like, I, but again, he tucked like a whole extra module of D and D. No, a, I totally agree with you. A module of D and D. Yeah, like a one-off, like a yeah. bonus one-off. Well, so here's the thing with all the print stuff. This kind of puts me in the mindset of it kind of feels like that forced inclusivity again, yeah. right? Am I saying that right? You are. Okay, good. Because um, it feels very weird mm -hmm. and like very proper sounding. So I just want to make sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like he's trying to, because his H's story, yep. uh, it's Prince. So it feels like he's trying again to make more out of it. Yes. And, you know, we get all the way to the end of all these different um, shards. So he's got, they've, they've, it took him forever to find the one shard and he took, he took credit for it. Right. Yes. He never told anyone that, that she found it. Yeah. And then he was like, Oh no, you leave me alone. I've got this now. I don't need you anymore. And she was like, Oh boo, you wouldn't have gotten this far without me, but she never even, she doesn't really take up for herself. Yeah. He just kind of like poops on her. And then we get to, We've got to do all the remaining shards, six six shards, mm -hmm. in 12 hours. Because yeah. now everyone is locked into these headsets that Samantha said, don't do that. And he yep. did it anyway. Yeah. Oh, boys. Well, and then there's like the, the epic fight at the end with... Um, Evil Anor evil Anoric. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have rather had a few extra pages there. Like, I know. I would have like AI. Like, mm -hmm. tell me more. I don't care about Voltron. Threats. Like, yeah. Have you watched What If? Yes. Have you watched the What If Voltron one? <gasps> like that's how it felt. Yes. Like it was very much hearkening me back to this moment. Yeah. And is it the Dork Slayer, the big giant yeah. sword? I love the name. I like stuff like that. All of those scenes. I loved all that. Yes. Everything with Og. I loved everything with Og. Um, everything I loved with... getting to see Kira Morrow. Yeah. Like the real, well, the the digital consciousness of Kira Morrow. Yes. Like not this hyper-sexualized, hyper-romantic, hyper-femme version of her that we got to see in book one. Yes. And even throughout the book, like as the, the toll being paid for each shard mm -hmm. is having to experience it. And I, like, I, I feel like that's, that was a cringe moment for me. It's also because cringe. Like, yeah. Cause it's, it's a toll. Like why? That's not, a, well, you're not, you're, you're, that's not a debt. You're not, you're not hurting yourself by listening to a woman's view. Well, <laughs> what made it so cringe for me is that she didn't know the memories were kept. Oh yeah. There was like a whole, like literal That's invasion not, it was of her brain. Yeah, it was non-consensual. Yeah. No one knew what was happening. He was doing it for super pervy reasons. Like yeah. it was just not cool. Yeah. Um, I do like how he did kind of had a slight redemption story as far as like, um, not Anoric. Anoric is his uh, avatar's name. What is his? Holiday. Yes. Holiday. I mean, Holiday did like come to the conclusion, oh, she's a real person outside of my unrequited love for her yeah. but a little too late but, but but parcel never did no or wade never did he never understood i mean it's it kind of touches on it that he did but it, it, it never like it wasn't satisfying for me mm -hmm. like i didn't i wasn't well and and the end wasn't satisfying for me um i don't want to spoil the end but there's there's a moral dilemma that the book presents in terms of ai technology um, that they have to solve. 
the book's been out for a while. It's, well, yeah, it has. I did not like, so we're going to spoil? We're going to spoil. I mean, okay, hard spoiler. Hard spoiler. So skip for three minutes? Yeah. I I just didn't like that, like, we're going to solve everything by loading ourselves in a spaceship. I mean, that's what the billionaires are doing on Earth I currently. I, I mean, what what is so crazy to me is the first Ready Player One was written, and this is already the steps in which our world is going in yeah and it was clear that ready player two was written with climate and like greta in mind and like it was clear that that was how ernest klein was writing this but what and we're in this we are deeply impoverished nations we have people who cannot feed themselves who are escaping into visual like mm-hmm. the vr the the, yeah. the um, what is it the the lightsaber beat like where yes. you can play the lightsabers to music and you're like crashing i'm i'm acting this out you yeah. all can't see me but you can if you go into the theater of the mind yes because you could see whitney just like oh she's like waving dual. her arms everywhere yeah yeah here's my um, lightsabers well <laughs> but what i don't like about it is every time people use these vr headset things in the book the omni software they're creating these extra AI. Not the haptic suits. Right. The haptic suits are the normal, like what we currently have is yes. VR more or less. Yes. The Omni is what the, stores yeah, the head your, thing. your yeah. head. Yeah. People are going to keep using them even after they've boarded their spaceship and left. And so they're going to have this second new dilemma of what do we do with all these new AI beings? They've taken like a whole shipload on servers off planet to like go live out their best lives. But what about all the new ones being created? Who's gonna solve that problem? Why are we still using these headsets? Who has rights? Like well, we've just what, excluded the whole, <laughs> we've excluded the whole entire AI software people from actual earth. Like you can't exist with us. We're gonna separate you separate, but equal. Well, um, and I, kind of, I mean, I understand like it, it presents a, a thing, a dilemma that I don't, I wouldn't want to have to make this decision. Right. I don't know if they made the right decision, but I don't know that I wouldn't have made the same decision And I, I like, like at that point. I like that Ernest Klein is opening up the discussion before we are having to actually make these kinds of decisions in our world. Um, because AI technology is getting closer and closer and closer to a singularity event if we haven't already I mean we're it. like I'm not I don't know that Bezos doesn't have something up right. there. <laughs> um so like it's important that we discuss these things, debate these things, grapple with these things now. Um, but I feel like the important the most important person in the conversation maybe doesn't exist yet, which is the AI. Um and and again, it was it was Wade making a decision without really taking into consideration the voices of the people he was deciding for. Well, but he was listening to he was listening to the digital people, which is how he got to this point to make this decision. But he what he consistently doesn't do. And I don't know if this is Ernest Klein putting himself into the book. I don't know if this is just a rando character and, and he didn't really put a lot of thought into this component, but consent's not asked for lots of things. And he he didn't like, is this a situation where it's for the greater good? And that's the excuse that's being used Mm -hmm. because that's what it feels like. Yes. Um, Yeah. It was really awkward. And something else that we can touch on if we want to segue into this, the RoboCops. Mm -hmm. Like, so Elon Musk is doing this, 
these robots, right? Yeah. And if you listen to his board, if you look at his board, his board of representatives for this this part of his company yeah. are all men. Yep. There's not a female on the board. Yep. And so he's like, don't worry, y'all. We're building these robots with, there's no way they could physically overpower you. They're the size of the average person. They're 5'8". The average male mm-hmm. is over 5'8". Yeah. But not the average female. To be honest, there are days that my three-year-old can physically overpower me. So... <laughs> Well, I mean, I understand that, but like his, his whole, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. There's not a different perspective at the table. No. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of a certain demographic if, if, if patting robot, themselves on the yeah. back for their quote unquote yeah. growth. If this robot is based off of the average male build with robot strength, which is way different than human strength, mm-hmm. period, no matter how you program it. Well, it's it. just under it because yeah. that way it can't overpower the average person which he's only saying the only people are males now yeah (laughs) it's just very frustrating and it feels very much like that in this book Mm -hmm. there are moments of that like we have these robocops we have these um security or whatever they're called but they're robocops like did you see robocop i did it's pretty good it was really good yeah i often get robocop confused with kindergarten cop and they're very different movies (laughs) so drastically different (laughs) when you say but every time you say robocop i'm like you have to sit there and think like i saw the hamster wheel turning but i wasn't sure what was happening (laughs) so i wasn't going to call you out (laughs) it's me trying to figure out if this is arnold schwarzenegger or someone else (laughs) oh i love it so much Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the things we really did like. I loved Artemis in this book. Yes. She reminded me so hardcore of you. It was not mm-hmm. even funny. She's super activist. She's super vocal. Mm-hmm. She's very, like, driven. She's ambitious as hell. Uh, my favorite thing about her is the fact that she recognizes the toxic things that are being done to her. And she's like, I will not tolerate this. At all. At all. And I will cut you out immediately. But now she was respectful. She, she was respectful. She was polite about it. She explained her reasoning. Mm-hmm. Some people do not explain their reasoning when Absolutely. they cut you out. Yeah. Um, when Wade asked for an explanation, she did give it to him. Um, she also gave him another chance, which is more than any woman has to do. Sure. Um, but I, I love how she handled all of it because I am very rarely as tactful in my life. And so I admired that in her. Yeah, I could see that. But I mean, again, she reminded me of you. So just throwing that out there. Um, H was amazing. I'm glad that we got to see more. And isn't his real name Shoto? No, Shoto is the, um, the ninja brother. Oh, that's right. That's right. H is the one that uh, is his best friend. Yes. She she is she in real life, but her avatar is the male. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I love that we got to see more of um, of their backstory. Absolutely. She got to go back to her home country, mm-hmm. like where her ancestors came from. Yep. She got to, uh, she's the one who started up the LGBTQ. Yep. Uh, she did all kinds of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. She had the Wakandan initiative or yeah. oper- operation, yeah. which was hysterical. Like, so there are a lot of things where like, that's why I was saying like, he's, you could tell he tried. Yeah. He, he very much tried it fell flat in some areas and in some areas like all he had to do was just ask some opinions of people mm-hmm. um or or just go to a consult and be like hey look this isn't my area of expertise i'd like to learn something yeah will you help me 
learn this thing. Right. And I understand that, like, you're not supposed to, do, you're supposed to do your emotional weightlifting. You're not supposed to have right, the emotional like, weight put on somebody else. But this is a book like that's when you a secondary the book, book. Have a reader read, like, hi, LGBT member of society, will you read my book and give me feedback? Correct. Goes a long way. Absolutely. And, and then accept that feedback openly and And we don't know that that didn't happen. It might It very well could have happened and the feedback fell on flat ears or like I said earlier, it was this gentleman who has learned some things and Mm -hmm. patting himself on the back. I learned things instead of taking that knowledge and ingesting it and then moving forward to their next step in life. It was very much like his stride never stopped. Wade's stride never stopped. He kept going, barreling through each thing that he made while while blundering at the expense of other, like mm-hmm. other people's feelings, emotions, livelihoods, because some people, this is their only livelihood is mm-hmm. through the, this world. And he bankrupted the band members that wrote a bad song about him. Mm-hmm. He would beat people up. He killed all their avatars. He took all their crap. I mean, yeah. it just. And <sighs> he doesn't even treat his assistant very well. No, no, not at all. I mean, and so like he's, he is to me the bad guy yeah. in this movie, or it's not even a movie yet, but it will uh, be. Do Let's you think be honest. It will? Oh, I think it will. The first one made really good box office money, but that's why I really feel like he really shouldn't have just done the whole pat myself on the back thing. Yeah, but anyway. Um, so overall, two thumbs up, two thumbs down, half and half. I'm half and half. Okay, I'm half, I'm and, half, half. and half as well. Maybe a knuckle more up. Yeah. But yeah, I still think that Armada would make a better movie, and I still think Armada needs a sequel. More so than Ready Player One ever did. Oh my gosh, yes. I cannot wait. They're going to do it. Right? I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. So I want to talk about Fangamer for our business shout out. I know that we've been talking a lot about the digital world and how video games and blah, 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 blah. And maybe we shouldn't try to escape, but maybe deal with the problems in our own world, like Artemis was saying, or Samantha was saying. But here I am wanting to talk about video games. (laughs) And sometimes you just need a little happy in your life to help you escape. Well, but what I really like about it is this is all in real life items. So like your avatar is not getting these items and you're wearing it in Animal Crossing. You get to have these things. They're t-shirts for Stardew Valley. There's a little plushies, like a little Mm -hmm. Krobus plushie. There's the, um, they've got so many different franchises. Mm -hmm. They go, they cover um, Nocturne, Deltarune, Undertale. They do Stardew Valley. They do Bug Snacks. They do um, so many things. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm most excited about their Hollow Knight merchandise. Which one? Hollow Knight. Yeah. I didn't even even pull that up. They've got Monster Hunter stuff. Mm -hmm. They just have so much fun stuff. And it's this tiny little company out of, where is it? Arizona. Yeah, Tucson, Arizona. They really are, like, they're us. Yeah. Like, I had an issue with an order one time, and I emailed them, and they were like, oh, honey, you didn't go to your right email. This is the email that you registered with. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I (laughs) totally messed up. They're like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Um, But they were just, like, super sweet, like, in their contact. It was clear that I was talking to a person and Mm -hmm. not a bot. Um, I've Which ordered is several exciting. shirts from them because I really love Stardew Valley mm-hmm. and I have almost every single Stardew Valley merchandise that they have yeah. now. <laughs> You're looking at one right I'm, now. <laughs> looking, well, and there's like so much. Yeah. I am just really, really obsessed with this fan gamer site. Um, so what are some of the other 
the other collections that you are excited about? Um, I really like. Um, have you played Ori? I have. It's, it's really nice. Gorgeous. It's, it's that blue, like the blue mm-hmm. bunny person yes. thingy that like jump. It's so um, gorgeous. Professor Layton. If you enjoy that series, that that puzzle strategy series, um, they also have Life is Strange. Oh my gosh, oh, that's a really good one. Um, have you have you played that game? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've the new episode just came out. I've watched it played. Um, I think I, it's the last episode. Yes, I think right? so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone that I used to date played it, and so I just would watch them play through because I could do homework and grade yeah, papers for sure. while they played. Yeah. Um, Last of Us is another really fun one. I know people really like God of War. I don't, but it's for super, the people that do. Yeah, I mean, it's intense, yeah. but th- their mythology is mm-hmm. actually pretty on point. Journey is another one that I really love um, that they have on here. Um, what else? Yeah, they've got so much fun stuff. They have stuff. so many. I know, you're like, as you're scrolling, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that was on there. <laughs> well, I know that, like, I've shown you Fangamer before, but I don't know that you really ever, like, deep dive, deep dove into it with me. I just see all the cool stuff you get on Fangamer, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where'd you get that cool thing? And yeah. you're like, Fangamer. And I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the um, the Dark Souls shield pin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just fun stuff. Lots of t-shirts, mm-hmm. lots of little plushies. They have all the games for Switch and stuff. If you all are looking for Christmas presents for the geeks and nerds in your life, we highly recommend that you check out Fangamer. For sure. Also, because the U.S. Postal Service has lost their mind due to no fault of their employees right um you should order now yeah for sure and i mean so they're they're actually really really kind of cool they they partner with all of their like the indie game people mm-hmm. the indie game companies and they're just it's just i just really like them a lot like you can they've got a picture of their business this is a tiny little hole in the wall business so but it's just so stinking mm-hmm. cool and if you check out their website, they have like a year by year of how their company has grown and changed since they first launched in 2007. Um, so they're not even like that old. Um, they're like a 13 year old company, 14 years. Yeah. I don't know how to do math, but yeah. um, like 2007 is when I graduated high school, y'all. So like, oh, now I feel old. I'm sorry. <laughs> They've been around as long as I've been an adult, which isn't very long. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, definitely check out Fangamer, uh, fangamer.com. Yeah. Time to roll up some stuff. Let's do it. I'm going to give you, uh, I believe it is your turn to roll. It is. A 14. Whoop, whoop. Nice. A 14. Do, 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 do. Uh, that is a graphic novel. Ooh, can we do um, Nomen Omen? Yeah, girl, let's do it. Because that, that was from that stack that I gave you. I was like, these are the things that I want to read, Heather. Yes. <laughs> Here are five. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, well, so so Whitney recently like bought like several graphic novels and Nomen Omen, the cover of it just looks banger awesome yeah so and you're um, into like runes right now yeah so yeah so I'm that's down. i'm down to do that for sure um i rolled a four. Ooh, for your drink yeah what is that it's gonna be bad <laughs> you should do like me and put your worst stuff at the, the bottom of your list but i usually roll i'm a i'm you're an average roller. roller yeah i am a, I... i'm a high roller baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm a low roller but i rolled perfectly average for my drink a 10 Nice. It's tequila your way. <laughs> and my little four is going to be tea. 
No, lager beer. Oh, yeah. One, one, two, one, two three, three, four. four. Lager beer. Our, our list expands over two pages, so it's well, hard to so count. Well, so like the Google Docs won't let me do two lists of numbers. Oh, is that not weird? So weird. like my one is 21. I know how to fix it. I'll fix it. Well, that's because you're the techie person. I'm I do. I'm the techie person on so far the show and editing and all that stuff. Teaching goes. online has taught me all of the <laughs> online life hacks for Google. I'm actually Google certified now. Did you know that's a thing you can do? I did not know that was a thing. I'm a Google guide. I'm at two times yeah. Google certified. I'm also a Google guide. I am nice. the top 1% rated for guides in the world for what? my restaurant reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could be top 1% on anything. Oh, Skynet on owns our souls. But they do. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> anywho, um, let's see here. Next it time. looks like we are going to be reading uh, Nomen Omen, a great graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying it's great already, like, because I just know it's going to be great. It looks great. For our adventure next time. Be sure to follow our quest. Adventure Seed Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts, may the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Rolling. Oh. So really whenever you want to. Oh yes.